0: Welcome to Tattooed Freaks in Business Suits, recorded live on location today from Tracy's Place in Arvada, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get the job they really love. I have a special guest with me today, Mary Ruth Tracy. She's gonna give us a bit of her background and a few. But just to tell you a little bit more about me, in addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book out there called How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy. It's on Amazon as well as my website. Overall, our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, Millennials, and others come to seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show we will explore a topic related to business or job searching and of course we're gonna talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaching service. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. So check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, you can just Google it. So joining me today is Mary Ruth Tracy, and Mary Ruth is the owner of Tracy's Place. So, Mary Ruth, why don't you just tell me a little bit more about your business? My business was built to have a space
1: available for women and their friends and family to come in and put the cell phones down and focus on some painting and wine or beadwork and wine, jewelry making and wine, string art and wine. I also have beer and cider. We've just kind of put a creative twist to the paint and wine concept.
0: Great, great. Well, our show's topics today is actually about going out and starting a business, especially after you've already had a job in the corporate world for a while. And uh, every now and then I see this advice given to millennials, and it's usually like grumpy old dudes who say this. I don't know what it is with these grumpy old dudes that they go, if you want to get anywhere in the world and make some real money you gotta go out and start your own business sonny (laughs) (laughs) i feel like they should say it that way too (laughs) because i don't have any any idea of like well what should i do Uh, i don't know (laughs) yeah exactly and how do you do that yeah plastics might as well say plastics yes and for you millennials, you have to go look up the graduate to find out what that right. means. Exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. But um, I know in my case, getting to own my own small business was not a smooth transition. You know, I was doing human resources and recruiting, and I'd been teaching job searching classes since like 2004. And in 2009, I was generating so much materials for the class that I had a book half written. So I was looking at going back to school because I wanted to become a director of HR and I, it came down to what am I gonna do with these damn books? You know, Am I gonna go all in and finish the book and really commit to this? Or am I gonna settle down and quit these silly dreams and you know, go after the corporate career? And I really stopped and I thought about it and and it came down to this. And my passion was teaching others about job searching and having that moment of spark in their eyes when they suddenly realize it's not their fault that they're not getting a job. It's not their qualifications. It's not because they're bad people or that they're talentless. It was all about the strategies they were using for their job search. And to see at the minute you know at the end of a two or three hour workshop actually have some hope in their eyes that they could get a job Mm -hmm. and and once i realized that it was a done deal you know i finished the book i started transitioning out of the corporate job so i was doing that part-time i was doing my business part-time i even changed my major for what i was going for i I didn't have a bachelor's degree i had associates so I was going to Regis University, I switched my major from Human Resources to Entrepreneurship. Wow. Yeah, I know. Right? That's huge. <laughs> that is quite the transition. <laughs> it was a big change and yeah. it still took me another two years to completely step off uh, the, the corporate role mm-hmm. that I was in. But uh, the company I was with was going down the tubes anyways, I mean like literally going through school. Yeah. Business 101 classes. You a were watching. D- I was like I was watching digging, all their yeah. mistakes.
1: <laughs> I did the same thing with my corporate job. Um, I was with a giant retailer. in Small fart or something like that? <laughs> something along those lines, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was going through business 101 class, and I was just seeing all of it, especially when they were talking about management Yeah, and how you're supposed to manage people and all that. It was the same situation where I... I could see it deteriorating, right in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like chaos almost, slow chaos. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had been there a really long time too. I had been there for 15 years doing accounts payable and receivable. Yeah. And I had been through the ringer. I had worked at, I want to say, seven different stores, mm-hmm. kind of moving my way up that quote-unquote corporate ladder. Yeah. And I never worked with customers. I always worked with the books and with the inventory and with management specifically. So I got to see kind of the underbelly of it mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand
0: that. Yeah.
1: Mm. And what made me kind of take the launch is I hadn't met you because <laughs> <laughs> I had applied countless jobs trying to get out, kind of in that same field that I was in, that accounts payable, receivable, kind of assistant type of person, Mm -hmm. because I was really, really good at it. And I had applied anywhere and everywhere that I could think that I would fit in, and I never even got an interview. I never got a phone call back. I just, every now and then, would get even a rejection letter. Most of the time, I just never heard a peep out of them. Right. And that's very discouraging after 15 years of trying, you know, It was probably 13 years of trying to get out of a very toxic situation, mm-hmm. and um, that's why I just I took a giant leap and dove headfirst into owning my own business. So, why did you choose this particular business model? My friends and my mom and I would actually get together about every month, every two months, and we would do some sort of crafty, arty, fartsy thing. Mm-hmm. And we would always have wine and we would have food, and it just kind of kept triggering that we needed a, there needed to be a place for people to gather, because we noticed that the rest of the the ugly in the world would just kind of disappear for those few hours that we were together.
0: That's a cool way to put it.
1: Yeah, and it was it was it just it we needed a place for for that to happen on a regular basis for other people and that's and then all of a sudden the paint and sip kind of places started popping up and it just kind of became an urgency inside of me that
0: i needed to get this done cool yeah excellent i think the real thing that made me step off the cliff and completely drop the the corporate job i was holding on to it was a very small business and uh they were having massive funding problems because I was doing not only their HR was in their accounting office Mm. as well. So I saw it all. Yeah. And, uh, when I realized that I had more money in the bank than they did, that's a scary situation. (laughs) I know I only had like (laughs) (laughs) $5,000. I mean, this, this business was so crazy. I still don't understand how they pulled this off. They had like a millionaire angel investor, we all need this, right? Right. The he uh, bought the majority share in the company and gave it to his son to run as an experiment in management and just here get your feet wet with this little tiny thing. Was he one of those old men that were like, you gotta own your own business? It, probably his dad was. Had but to and then the son we never saw him. They were in a different state, so they would just call him every two weeks to get the funding for the payroll. I'm like, holy cats! <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it's like, that's just one of the things that made me realize that people can, and companies in particular, can put a good game face on, mm-hmm. but until you numb the numbers behind it, yeah. you may not want to be hooking your your cart to that wagon.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I can say from the giant corporation side of it, I mean, it was, it's a conglomerate, Mm-hmm. you know. The, the Marty place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Small fart. Small fart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was just on the store level that I could see, I was seeing the same stuff. Yeah. Like our daily bills that we paid at store level, it just, it, it didn't add up. None mm-hmm. of it added up for yeah. what we were paying to our vendors, what we were paying, just the cost of running business versus what we were bringing in. It just wasn't adding up. It yeah. didn't make sense. Yeah. So, and then they started uh, laying off people all over the place. And funny enough, they actually eliminated my position that I was in three months after I quit. Wow. though that was good timing. Yeah. <laughs> that was that
0: urgency inside of me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, too, is they, that's really interesting about uh, these really big corporations. And, and I had a coaching client once in... He was with this similar retailer Mm -hmm. and he was trying to break into like the real corporate office on a management level. So he went and got his MBA and he went and took every overnight manager shift he had to. And then he felt like he wasn't getting anywhere in his interviews because he wasn't fitting their corporate culture. And that's, you know, a big theme of this podcast is being yourself and still being, you know, showing your management chops. his thing that he felt he would never fit in was because he didn't like football, and he couldn't talk about football. His passion and his thing he did for fun was he did LARPing and cosplay, and I'm like, why is this a problem? Yeah, I'm like, you can still be yourself, but you know, this was probably, oh, seven or eight years ago, there's a lot more support for us nerd and fandoms now right. because of social media and things like that. Right. But it was all like, dude, if you have to sacrifice who you are yeah, and go study Bronco's stats to talk in the break room, there's something wrong with that culture and why do you want to work there? Right. And he's like, it's about the money. I go, then you will fail. Yeah because it, it could be the best money in the world, but you're still gonna fail in that position because you sold your soul for it. Yeah, Except, wow, that's
1: that's exactly right because that's um, how I felt when I was with that company is that they, just, they were sucking it out of me. They were sucking my life out of me because you, you didn't have the opportunity to think for yourself and to be creative in your thoughts. And obviously, I'm a creative person, just come into my studio and you can see it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's everywhere. And I'm a creative person and I'm always trying to find a better solution for problems. And it frustrated me that I would have to fit into their mold to make my solution worth anything. Does that make
0: sense? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's very similar where I didn't fit in because I didn't think like them so it was a it was a constant pissing match
0: yeah for 15 years yeah got old (laughs) yeah it does it does so now the as far as stepping off the cliff yes and i know anybody who decides to go into business for themselves is going to experience growing pains i know i did oh yes so what is something that um you wish somebody had told you before you got involved So many things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the very first thing I can remember is just the cost of because I now own a retail space, mm-hmm. and just the cost of that was mind boggling. Mm-hmm. And I didn't anticipate that, and yeah. that was nothing that was ever covered in any of the classes because we had worked on this for about two or three years before I actually jumped off the cliff. Mm -hmm. I I had taken some business courses. I had gone through the Small Business Association. I had done tons of free courses. I had done paid courses all over the place, trying to really get my tool belt of knowledge full. Mm -hmm. And my very first interaction with a retail landowner (laughs) was... Very unique experience. (laughs) 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 I just couldn't believe that they can charge that amount of money. But just the bookkeeping and the, the cost of owning a business is, I knew it was big, and I had prepared for that. I just don't think I was prepared for how big and how much, not only time, not only money, but also time, Right. Of an expense it was. yeah. Not that I
0: regret it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in my case, it was uh, It was more just getting over the fear of not having the regular paycheck. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But then again, I'm like, they're calling the millionaire begging every two two weeks, so it's right. like. Right. Well, yeah. and my
1: position was eliminated, and I didn't want any of the other positions. Yeah. That would have become available. Mm-hmm. And that was huge because I I was the higher breadwinner in our family. Yeah. And I had been for the entire time we were married.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We're still married, but now I don't bring in any income. Yeah. Because I'm only a year and a half old into my business. And so that was a transition on a personal level. Right. Lots of growing pains there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's oftentimes where a lot of small business owners, we start diving into the gig economy or the side hustle just Mm -hmm. to make the ends meet. Right. But I think if you're still passionate about your business, and I think the best part about owning your own business is that if something isn't working, you can stop doing it.
1: Yeah, you can come up with creative solutions Uh and implement them. Yeah. You don't have to wait to have it approved or hope that somebody will listen to you You just do
0: it yeah exactly that's the greatest part of it yeah I I think one of the most free things that I did for myself is uh, early on in my business I created a budget line item that was it said literally something stupid (laughs) because I knew I was gonna spend money on something stupid so you just budgeted for it right so rather than kill myself about making a mistake you know put it into education line item that something stupid but i I will tell you the story of the worst one though (laughs) (laughs) because this was exceptionally stupid
1: oh well at least you were budgeted for it (laughs) exactly well it was a
0: little bit over (laughs) budget so uh you know there's isbn numbers that are on books yes right and you have to go and buy those. So it's like the barcode number. If you don't know anything about publishing, right. every book has an ISBN number and you can get them also for, you know, your Kindle versions or your ebooks and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So, you know, early on pub- I was self-publishing the book and I had gone to a workshop about this other company that did self-publishing and they're like, if you buy the block of ISBNs, the numbers show the sequence, right? So, if you buy a bigger block, it makes you look like a bigger publishing house. Huh. So, all right. Cool. I want to look big. That's awesome. Right. Fake yep. it till you make it. Yep. And uh, so, I was looking at the cost of these, and I, it was either $25 per ISBN, or you could get a special block of 100 and only pay five dollars an ISBN. Oh wow. What an awesome deal, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I spent (laughs) five (laughs) hundred dollars. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) That's what happens when you do on location. So I spent five hundred dollars on a hundred ISBNs and do you know how many I needed? Two. Two. Yep, but you know I, the the price per each was pretty damn low. Wow. <laughs> well, I, the, Do you get to hold on to those for future books? I do. They don't expire. So
1: well, there's that.
0: There is that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they are.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you can find them
0: <laughs> eventually. Eventually, I'm That's sure.
1: really good. I need to. I need to have a something stupid pile.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, as you get more involved in running your own business, the, the budget on the something stupids goes down, Right. every now and then it still happens. Our very first
1: um, holiday season, I went out and I bought the materials for fresh reeds. Mm-hmm. Cause I had done that before and it was a lot of fun. So I thought <laughs> other people are going to want to do that too. I spent a lot of money and got
0: none of it back.
1: Yeah. So
0: lesson learned. Yeah. something stupid <laughs> yeah yeah it's like training on a hunting dog yeah you know because when you take that hunting dog out to the field they're not going to be automatic pointers they're not that dog <laughs> that one's too small <laughs> she no she just came running <laughs> but uh you know the first thing they're going to do is they'll see all the the birds and in, in the bushes and they'll just go oh my god And they're they just all run. here they run after them <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's kind of what it's like when you start your own business because it's easy to get distracted too about the things that are not going to generate money yeah yeah it really it and that's
1: especially being brand new all of a sudden you're hit up by all of these network groups and marketing groups and you can't survive without us groups yeah and you you kind of are so new that you don't understand that that is not helping your business even a little bit yeah you know and so there's some hard lessons to learn yeah
0: that's going to be one of our future topics is the old school networking versus the new school because because who's in those leads groups yeah it's a grumpy old man (laughs) (laughs) yes
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so we've gotten to the part of the show where we get to talk about Tattoos. So you're our guest. Why don't you tell me about one of your tattoos, what it means, and and what it is? Um, I actually
1: have, it looks like, a painted paw on my right forearm inside the elbow, Uh and that is because I had a dog that was here in the shop with me. Her name was Love, and she passed away in November. And she was, for all intents and purposes, kind of a therapy dog through the ups and downs of owning a business and at the same time kind of becoming an empty nester at the same time. A lot of transitioning happening. And so losing her was pretty devastating. This is my most visible tattoo, Mm -hmm. but I also, I don't ever use black ink. I always just use colored ink Mm. on all of my tattoos. I don't want black ink Uh because it fades to blue on me anyway. So, and the very weird part of it is we actually put her ashes in one of the colors of the tattoo, and every single person in my family, my husband, myself, and my two daughters, all have the same tattoo somewhere on our body. Uh Uh-huh. So, it's my most meaningful and also the most visible.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. And
1: Love was a very sweet dog. Yeah, she was. She was... This this one that you just heard bark. I'm fostering her, and she's not love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: we're all searching for that perfect love. Yes. <laughs> mm.
1: Have you ever seen um, a dog's purpose? That uh-uh. movie? No. Don't. I oh. watched it last night. Snot, bubble, tear, crying. Oh yeah. And my husband says we'll find love again someday. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Which is funny coming
0: from your husband. Yeah. <laughs> sorry off topic (laughs) that is funny (laughs) All right, that's all the time that we have for today thank you very much Mary Ruth of Tracy's Place her name is not Tracy her name is Mary Ruth Tracy's Place is in Arvada and who is the artist who did your tattoo and where can people find him his name is Eric Wembeke and he
1: is the proud owner of Ink Therapy off of Kipling and Colfax
0: in Denver Colorado Lakewood, I think. Lakewood? Yeah, I believe he's in Lakewood. Yeah, but don't look in Seattle. You won't find him. No,
1: no, don't look there.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Donna, for having me. Thank you.